I'm here with uh, Joelle Marin, and the network is going to air a video you made, a short video called Fully Known. Can you tell us about uh, your hope and the message of this video? Sure. It's a short film, mm -hmm. and it's about identity in Christ. And so I'm, I'm hoping that when people watch it, they're inspired no matter what they're going through in their life and no matter how far lost they may feel. Even, mm -hmm. you know, if we have already turned our lives back to the Lord, we can fall every day to just continue to turn our lives back, to repent, right. to believe, and to hear Him call our name, to know that we're fully known, fully loved, and that there's nothing that we've ever done that can separate us from that. It's a message of hope and mercy. Right, right. And fully known, that's emphasizing like, like, like people don't recognize that God is our, we have a friendship with Him. Yeah. And that maybe even our sins, is that part of it? That... Yeah, I mean, He He sees the full picture, right? Even mm -hmm. when we can't even see our sins or understand why we're sinning, right. He understands what we've gone through in life, what wounds and scars we have, why our perceptions may not even be perfect, right? He can understand even our crazy perceptions at times of <laughs> how we're yeah. viewing something because he's seeing the full picture. But at the same time, he's looking at the full purpose that we are created for right. and what's in the way of that. So fully known, the one of the main encounters within the film was based on an encounter I have with the Lord almost 10 years ago now that I've totally turned my life around where I didn't even know I was in sin and I had I guess the saints call it an illumination of conscience and St. Faustina had it it's in our catechism we're all going to get this so it's something that we really need to pay attention to but I didn't get it because I was a saint father I got it because I was so far lost and so far gone and the Lord had to actually show me this. And so I saw my state of my soul almost like a, a near-death experience where, where my life flashed before my eyes. And then I had it loved and I saw all my sins in full light and all the ripple effect of the harm that that caused. I mean, one of the things I was shown actually was I was dressed immodestly and some girl copied me and someone copied her and someone copied her. And the layers deep of what we do in life, I had no idea. I didn't even know it was wrong or that I was doing anything bad. And then I was shown that I hadn't loved and that we are judged, basically St. John the Cross says we're judged on love and I didn't even know what that meant. And so um, that experience just really shook my world I would say I'd wanted to condemn myself, but it's a message of mercy where God didn't, sh he doesn't give us the light of our sins, right? Like the woman at the well right. to say, I'm done with you. He gives us this light as an act of mercy to say, I'm not done with you. And I have more uh, work for you to do. And, and I have a purpose. And I gave you the gifts and graces and talents of whatever that is for each individual person so that you can be fully, um, fully unique and alive. So to be fully known is to also be fully free and to be fully unique and know that you're loved. And, and you know, we live in a culture. I certainly spent many years in Hollywood where I was trying to be somebody else mm -hmm. and be what I thought the image of the world wanted me to be, whatever beautiful was or whatever was sparkling and glamorous were the best thing that I could have ever done to sparkle and shine would have to just find out who I was and let God's light shine you know, right. in me and through me. And I really think that's when we are fully known, 
we have something that nobody can take away from us, whereas people will want to smash us to pieces. We live in a, a world of competition and comparison and people trying to take things away. And when we're fully known, we're so rooted in who we are that we're loving even the people who, who aren't loving us and even those that aren't nice to us, where then their hearts say, wait a minute, where, what is this? What does that person have? You know, how can they be going through such a crazy time in history or such a crazy trial in their life and still have love in their hearts? And that becomes the great mystery is that we all want to be fully known and fully loved and fully seen. Mm -hmm. Even in our suffering, and God, He does, He sees it all in His heart, you know, is with us. Yeah, and I like the way you phrased it, uh, by how we're fully unique, too, that I think <clears throat> when we experience that forgiveness and God's acceptance, and, you know, I was talking to a person recently that was working through some issues, and they talked about how liberating but i could see it on their face that it was like it was almost like they were coming to be who they fully are yeah getting this weight off of them mm -hmm. <laughs> and it was really quite beautiful to see that um, yeah i think even when we go to confession a lot of times we might feel lighter when we walk right, out to say right. oh i just gave all that to god or you know we can go to adoration or we could just even be in our bed at home or or find a small little closet to go pray and wherever you have to go. Mm. But every time we connect with God and we just say, I can't carry all this weight anymore, the weight of my sin, the weight of my past, the things that are keeping us from being truly and fully alive and joyful. Yeah. God is just saying, my burden is light. Give it to me, give it to me. But I think a lot of times our faith is weak that he would do it for us. Mm. Isn't it easier to say, oh, God is, he's, He's faithful and he loves you, right? He right. loves you. But to say he loves me, right? you know, right. I think a lot of times we think it's easier for him to forgive everybody else right. but us. We right. can preach it, but we can't necessarily practice it. Yeah. I still struggle with it. You know, sometimes I'm like, why do you still love me? Did you hear my thoughts today, Lord? They were all over the place and they weren't perfect. And, right. and I think um, when we take the pressure off of trying to be perfect, what is perfect anyway? And yeah. when are we ever ready? I don't know yeah. about you, but I never feel like it's good enough or ready enough. But God is just saying whatever it is that he calls us to just, and I, I love this, Mother Angelica said, like, just take that first step. And with that first step comes the grace. Uh -huh. And so I'll be honest with you, a lot of the work I'm doing, I'm scared to death inside as a human person, human emotion. Who wouldn't be scared to take a risk, a risk with your life, right? But every time I take that first step right. and where my faith has gotten built up is that God always provides the grace. He always provides the words. He always provides whatever we need, even, you know, material means at times. But we have to be open and say yes, and we have to push past that first step of fear in whatever he's calling us to, whether it's a relationship or a vocation or a project, or it could be a ministry, you know, and but we have ministry everywhere. It could be calling a family member that has really hurt you and just forgiving them and trying to start over again, whatever it is to make that first step. Right, right. And, you know, I guess we have a way of looking at ourselves with the world standards <clears throat> that if I yeah. have, you know, worldly status and whatever it is of uh, success or popularity or money or whatever, and then that would be enough 
Yeah. But it's, it's never not enough. enough. It's, it's <laughs> something deeper we're talking about, right? It, nothing else will ever fill it, you know. And, right. and a relationship can't fill that void. You know, a drug or an alcohol, you know, can't fill that void. Money can't fill that void. The only thing that's ever going to fill the deepest desire within us where we do feel fully known and fully loved as God. And then we can have actually meaningful relationships. And then we can use our money for good. And then we can do good. But without that direction, without the relationship and being rooted in the identity, uh-huh. I don't think we have a purpose or a mission that we can actually move forward with. Right. And and again, like I think, and this, you know, the spiritual life is so upside down in a good way. We're so paradoxical, but I think the way we become perfect, this is what I'm trying to, again, I'm preaching to myself right now, is to stop trying to be perfect. And that's what makes us perfect because there is no perfect. Right. So if we're not trying so hard anymore and we're just saying, okay, I prepared for whatever I'm doing as much as I can and God is going to do the rest, right? She did her best. God did the rest. Then it's perfect because it's perfect in the sense not by worldly standards, but that we trusted in God. Yeah. And I think that's where our perfection lies. Every result of anything we do is in his hands. And sometimes he closes doors in our face and we're like, really? Like that hurt. (laughs) It just, you know, but he never doesn't open another one that's not better. And then in hindsight, you know, I I wish I could get a lot of my tears back where I was like, why did you close that door? And he opened one. It was so much better than anything that I ever could have dreamt on my own. Right, right. And and that trust. Yeah, and I think you can see, like, in the lives of the saints that, you know, it's in Matthew's Gospel, right? It says, be perfect in the Sermon on the Mount. Be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect. It's a perfection of charity, of love, of trust. Yeah. And in the lives of the saints, you can see, I, I forgot, I was reading somebody the other day, but... You know, their their personalities can be so different. Some can be very hard charging, others meek and very quiet. But they're animated with this charity. And I think God uses all their personality, but even like in their hurts and weaknesses and, you know, problems, issues that, yeah, they reach a level where they're no longer sinning, but they still might have, you know, faults and things yeah. <laughs> that when they're loving God, God will use that for his purposes, right? Yeah. And, so. and even with our different unique personalities, we all are going to have different struggles, different areas of trial that are right. going to fit that personality type right. or, right. you know, again, back to family of origins or, or past wounds. And so the trials in life and the things that God is working on in us don't go away. The fact that we're sinners doesn't go away. It's just that constant turn to his grace. And so I'm not someone who is is perfect again by worldly standards or even, you know, necessarily in in a religious sense either. It's just that I know where to go when I mess up now. I know who to go to and, and where to get my identity from. And for years, I would say it was a spiritual amnesia that I suffered in the film we, we do tackle on this idea of amnesia or in a, in a different way my character has a, a brain aneurysm which I didn't have in real life right. <laughs> but but it, just to get to that idea of like oh my goodness like starting on a fresh slate of who am I why am I here and then she calls out to God and has this encounter with him I think in a way we kind of have a spiritual amnesia as a country as a church 
where we have forgotten that the power of God lives in us mm-hmm. and that he does love us and that we do have a purpose. Sometimes it's so easy to just look at the darkness in the world and feel like it's overtaking us and to just give up. And so I think that's another main theme of the film is that we need to wake up from the sleep of amnesia and realize that God does know our name and he's not done with us. It's not too late to turn our lives around or to start afresh, even if today, like if we started the day out and we said, oh, I'm gonna have a good day and then we mess up to constantly not to, we don't have to wait till tomorrow, just restart over and say, Lord, I'm so sorry. You're perfect, I'm not perfect, I love you. I, I, I want to know, like, why am I here? What do you want to do with me today? And right. begin to, um, I would say, feel that warmth in our hearts, that there's something within us that, that he's not done. It's right. just not over. Yeah. And I imagine a lot of people, and I was curious, and I heard you talk about this before, too, that just that judgment of Christ. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I think it's interesting, like, you were raised in the, church right yeah. and so it's not like you were you know completely you know uncatechized at all or anything like completely unchurched you know a lot of people are like that today yeah. but you know still how would you describe that judgment that it because as you sometimes you read like maybe like a saint like a saint faustina and jesus is talking to her yeah you can see like little failings and self-love and selfishness maybe you didn't recognize it before you know but sometimes yeah. <laughs> these kind of stories really kind of whoa you know and uh was that part of the illumination for you or yeah i mean it was it was just shocking but i see i had spent 12 years away from the church and uh-huh. so i spent 12 years away from confession and yeah. so i think what was so shocking to me was how blinded i was right and that's why i'm really big into the sacraments and adoration and spending time in prayer and silence yeah. so that i never like i never want to get to the place i was before again and i want to warn people right of right. you know now's the time to live now's the time to love we are judged on love like i want to love i don't want to be selfish anymore does that mean i'm not selfish no i mean i'm i'm struggling with concupiscence like anybody else right. in so many different ways and and i think if we get too caught up on self-reflection on that we're never going to feel yeah. like god would ever want to use us so i think that moment where i saw everything and knowing how far i was i don't want to go there again so i do try to frequent the sacraments and go to confession as much as i can right you also have some another exciting project uh, a docudrama yeah and tell us about that yeah it's called eucharistic miracles Uh and it's directed by angelo libuti and the writer is ray grialba and they're just wonderful to work with. And I, by the grace of God, got cast in the role of our Blessed Mother. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it just dawned on me recently. I've always, I love the movie Wonder Woman, and I've been wanting to play Wonder Woman for years. And in a lot of my presentations, I'll talk about how Our Lady is the real Wonder Woman. Right. And now that we've well, pretty much are almost done filming, I realized, oh my goodness, I got to play Wonder Woman, the real Wonder Woman. <laughs> <laughs> so right. that's kind of funny like that. But it was a dream I didn't even dare to dream that God knew was deep within me. And I, it's not anything that I thought I was capable of doing or could do. How do you play the Blessed Mother? Right. So I'm like, really, Lord? <laughs> You're resurrecting my acting career and you're giving me the most difficult person to ever play and the most important and most amazing woman that ever lived. And I had a kind of, you know, it wasn't easy 
Because at first I was like, oh, I'm just going to live as her for a whole day. I'm going to be the Blessed Mother today. And then I would be like, 10 minutes in, and I've already messed up. Yeah. If I made it 10 minutes, <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah. And I think I had to stop looking at, again, where I wasn't perfect enough to be something, but to say, well, where can I connect? Oh, she loved Jesus. I love Jesus. Right. You know, oh, she, she prays a lot. I love to pray. Right. And so I think even with a role like that, and even with, you know, trying to imitate Our Lady and her, the beauty of her femininity, where she went to God for everything, you know, wow. and, and her intercession is so powerful. But I had to start looking at how can I connect with her, you know, more. But it was just, it's a beautiful film, The Eucharistic Miracles, is about the life of Christ and the power of the Eucharist and, and based on even some of the miraculous things that have happened, like in Tixla, Mexico, and... Mm you know, in, in Italy, and Carlo Ucuri's mother is in the film, and different theologians, and Scott Hahn, and it just was just an honor to be a part of this, and, and realizing that we need to put the Eucharist first, because, you know, the Lord is the bread of life, and without this bread, without this, again, where's this hunger in our hearts? Where are we getting that fulfillment? <laughs> it's right. not going to be from a Big Mac. Right. That's not good. Right. That's not going to fill that spot in our hearts, but the Eucharist does and can if we're open to it and so i think it's a beautiful film on my website joellemarin.com on the film and television page there is a link to eucharist eucharistic miracles on there too and they definitely can use any support because you know it's sometimes the films that are most important don't always get the most funding and uh, it really is a beautiful thing that they're doing and i you you met the actor that plays jesus and the chosen yeah, I recently interviewed Jonathan Rumi. Jonathan mm-hmm. Rumi, yeah. Did because uh, I know he struggled with that. Uh, how do you play Jesus? And yeah. did he give you good advice about trying to act these roles? Oh well, we didn't talk about that <laughs> actually. You know, you know, he did say something that really struck me. I was asking him about the burden of the role, and now at this point, he's already found the blessing in it. And that really stuck with me because I was looking at the role of Our Lady as a burden. Mm. Like, oh, how could I ever do that? <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. for, and feeling nervous about that instead of thinking, wow, what a blessing mm. that I get to bring her to life and to bring her heart to life. And I think with everything we do in life, that mind shift of the glass is half empty versus half full makes all the difference. And I, and, uh, you know, again, I wish I, I had even more time with that to say, the things, even the trials that come to us in life, a lot of times we're like, oh, this is horrible, this is heavy. But maybe we could start to look at it in a new way and say, well, if it wasn't for this trial, um, I wouldn't have been so broken that I ran back to God mm-hmm. or find some some sort of good in it. And, and God doesn't want bad things to happen to us either. It's just that since they do happen, he, His promise is to bring good. And so I think for me, um, what I learned from Jonathan was just to embrace the role and say, thank you, Lord. This is mm. really cool. Very yeah, beautiful. Great. I, I love the way he plays Jesus. It, uh, yeah. You know, I was thinking about it the other day. It's like you know, he, has a, he has an authority and he has a, a proper gravitas to it. But he's also, he's like a guy you want to hang out with. <laughs> <laughs> and not just in a chummy way, but just he's friendly. You know, he's got a kindness, a goodness that radiates in the way he plays Jesus, I think is really... Yeah, and, and you do need to bring yourself to a role, right? 
in no matter what it is. Mm -hmm. And so for me with the Blessed Mother, my love language is touch. So she's she gives a lot of hugs out to people right, <laughs> in right. need. It's kind of just naturally flowed out. As I thought she would be very affectionate, you know, yeah, and hold the sick yeah. woman in her arms and stuff like that. So you do need to let who you are shine through in any role that you're playing, regardless of the work, because that's what will make it so unique and, and not a caricature, but actually right bringing elements of that person's life, molding it with yours and, and something where, where people will connect right. and say, oh, I could see her doing that. Yeah. 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 Joel, thank you so much uh, for talking with us and we'll be following your projects and I uh, and, uh, hope they bear much fruit. Yeah, thank you. It's just wonderful to be back. It's been almost two years, but I'm here. Praise yeah. God. Yeah.